podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you want interesting and entertaining debate on the Premier League and other English leagues, but from a show that doesn't take itself too seriously, then check out The Whistleblowers. It's a weekly football podcast hosted by me. I used to play football, Martin Gritton, uh, stand-up Mark Smith when he can, and music manager Gareth Dobson, who uh, always has plenty of good chat, being a Spurs fan. Um We basically get football writers in to have a chat as well, and we talk about the stories that matter in English football, whether it's on the pitch or off it. It's free to listen to iTunes, Acast, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, Or you can download the Whistleblowers app, follow us on Twitter at Football Podcast. Cheers! And welcome to the Chelsea. Oh, finally, we've got Chelsea back in our vision. It's been a hard two weeks of lockdown without club football for me, but now it's all packed away until March. Now, someone who isn't packed away until then is Mr Andy Saunders, who joins me as usual for the weekly roundup. Hello, Andy. How are you? Did you have a fun two weeks without Chelsea? Oh, I can't be doing with it. Well, we say this every time, don't we? <laughs> Pointless, know. stupid, joyless exercise that the internationals are. I, you know, don't get it. But there you go. I'm sure people enjoyed it. Um, I didn't. I'm just delighted to have Chelsea back. Yeah, me too. I, I don't know what it is, but there's something... I, I actually try and sit down to watch the games and I think the most I lasted was eight minutes in one of the games and that was about it um and then I found something better to to go and do um but the one thing that always worries me is injuries Mm. Uh, and you're, you're starting to who's come back to the club I mean when we heard that Chilwell had been injured and was being left out of the game you you did kind of worry knowing that he was carrying a knock is that the worst part of the whole international period? Well, of course. I mean, apart from the fact that we can't watch our club teams, um, players coming back from far-flung places with injuries is is always a concern. I watch none of it, none whatsoever. I just am not interested. I will get vaguely interested around major tournaments, um, but you know these these games are just don't interest me in the slightest. They just get in the way of the Premier yeah, League they campaign. Do. I agree. But we haven't got any till March now, have we? I think. No, so. that's right. They're packed away until March. And yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my my problem is, I understand them trying to get this other tournament, the Nations League or whatever they call it, off the ground. But I do not understand, especially when you're in a truncated season like this, where everything is condensed, and you look at the the fixture list for a lot of the clubs over the next few weeks. It's ridiculous, and you suddenly have a pointless friendly at the start of it for them to get warmed up. Well, it's a you know it does start making you think again about maybe we need to have five substitutes in in matches because there's just too much football for these guys and I, I cannot see the point of the friendlies yeah but also, no I'm, I'm flying all over the world oh, sorry struck my pen flying all over the world uh, in you know in, in, in aeroplanes to far-flung places and increasing the risk of infection and therefore increasing the risk of not being able to play for your club side and so many things that are wrong with it um, you know anyway we could we could go yeah. on about it our views yeah. on this are well known for anybody that's a long-term <laughs> listener um, you know I'm very much club over country i will get excited around the major tournaments i think they're a great thing world cups euros but apart from that it's just you know it's just pointless 
And can you answer me this? How does this work? That one of the Republic of... I don't know if you saw this. You probably did. One of the Republic of Ireland players tested positive for coronavirus after the game. Now, this is a man who played the whole game against England, um, uh, but apparently wasn't a problem because there are special protocols in place for things like this happening. Now, anywhere else in the world, if you've spent an hour and a half mixing with somebody with who's tested positive for coronavirus, you have to go into isolation, don't you? That bemused me completely. No, it didn't make any sense to me either. There no. You go. Anyway, that was that. This is now, and we had what was... A tricky game coming back. It's not been a happy hunting ground, as we mentioned last last time we were here, two weeks ago. Um, Newcastle away. It, it's a funny game because it always looks as though no matter what happens with Newcastle, something happens. They're one of our bogey sides and they always seem to perform against us. We are nervous about this one coming straight back from the international break and having to go up to, to Geordie land? No. <laughs> I wasn't. I genuinely wasn't. I think we are on a really good roll at the moment. I think we have a really strong identity as a team. I think that teams are rightly concerned about us. And you look at Newcastle, they're not all that. You know, they'll probably survive this year. Um, but they're not going to go on and, and, and threaten in any meaningful way. And I, I genuinely think that we have got a really good shot this year. In fact, in fact, I went out and put 20 quid on us to win the league um, <laughs> on Saturday because I just genuinely think that we, we, we're really strong at the moment. We look great. So, no, I wasn't nervous. These are the, these are the games that, you know, that, that, that we should win quite comfortably, and we did. I'm nervous about Spurs on Saturday, nervous about, you know, the big six um, because you'd be silly not to be. But teams like Newcastle, no need to be nervous. You know, if the team go out there and do their job, it should be fine. Okay, the, the, you, I would you have been hit... nervous, you know, before this recent run, if it had been like the latter part of last season, the beginning of this season, of course, because we just didn't seem like we had any kind of identity. We didn't seem like we had any kind of structure uh, or fluidity to our play. Yes, I would have been nervous now. Now I think we're in the groove and I you know, think that we just need to go and relentlessly steamroller teams like this. Yeah, I, I I would agree with with a, a lot of what you said, and and there's a, a few things that I'd like to pick up on. Um, I think you said strong identity to start with, and I think this is this is the actual key to where we are at the moment, because we have now come out now that we've got on the whole injuries have cleared up to all the new players. We've seen how. Frank wants to mould this side. We've seen how Frank wants to play football. And you're right, suddenly out of the ashes of, oh, well, there's a lot of youngsters, they look really good. Oh, but we haven't got the sort of defensive solidity. Oh, we've got a few players making mistakes. We now have a very solid squad and we've got very decent players who come in and step in and do a job, um, you know, like with Kovacic coming into midfield because Havertz is out. We've got Rudiger coming in in place of Thiago Silva, who'd be been away with Brazil. Um, Rudy still looks a bit rusty. We'll get on to that in a bit. But 
you feel as though we've got a cohesive squad at the moment. And, and I think that is the most important thing. The team seems to understand how Frank wants them to play. The team seems to understand where they need to go, what spaces they need to fill. They seem to understand their job. Now, whether that's down to coaching or whether it's just that they couldn't do it because of the players they had previously, it does feel as though we, we have evolved in a very short space of time this season. Yeah, I mean, make no mistake, we're not the finished article. I mean, there were no. times in that there were times in that game where we just completely switched off, and it could have been sticky, particularly towards the end of the first half. So there is still a lot of work to do in terms of being able to concentrate and dominate for ninety minutes. There's still work to do to be robust and cohesive for ninety minutes. That that's all work in progress. But in terms of what our team looks like and how it plays and the way we play. All those ideas that were starting to come into focus at the beginning of this season but were being let down by defensive errors or let down by a lack of finishing, they're all starting to coalesce now and, and, and become cohesive. So I do think that we're, we're in really good shape to move forward now and teams like Newcastle shouldn't really pose a problem. But, of course, nobody has a divine right to win a football match. Uh, you know, you will lose football matches against teams like Newcastle if you're not, if you're not at the races. Um, and for more... Uh, for more time than we were, we were at the races, so so we won, and I thought we won quite comfortably. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there. We, we have a plan, and once you have a plan, yeah, sometimes you won't play well enough to execute it, but in principle, it looks as though everyone has bought into what Frank's trying to do and how he's trying to get us to play. So, for you, were, were there any surprises in the team? Okay, we had Thiago Silva out, but the rest of it, seems to pick itself just about at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, that back five of Mendy, James, Zuma, Chilwell and, and Silva is, I think, the first choice back five. Um, uh, Rudiger came in. I thought Rudiger did a good job. Um, so so that, that wasn't a surprise because we knew that Silva was coming back from international duty and probably wouldn't play. And the only question was, was who, who out of the other three of Christensen, Rudiger and, and Tamore were going to play? Rudy got the nod. I think that, that says a lot about... Christensen and how he feels about Christensen and and what Christensen's future at the club is um, that he didn't get the nod in that game. So w- watch this space on that one. Uh, in midfield, I think Mounts are you know fairly nailed on. So is Kante. Cover came in as you said for Havertz, who's not quite match fit after his um, positive test. Um, and then up front, Zayek, Abraham, Werner. That's again, you, you know, with with Pulisic probably still not a hundred percent. That that picks itself. So, that no real surprises there. No, uh, and but this is a, a great thing, isn't it? Because we know where the well, he's fit, so he'll he won't play, or he's not fit, so he will play. It it does seem to pick itself at the moment, in, depending on who's fit. And I think you're absolutely right. You know, the the only real question mark is when Pulisic is fully fit the whole of the time, who makes way? Um, does someone make way? You, that, well, that's, that's the question. The, that's the yeah, question. Does someone is, make it? way? I mean, I think at the end of last season, you would say Christian Pulisic was a absolute nailed-on starter. I think the success of Werner on the left-hand side has made that a lot more doubtful, um, particularly with Abraham scoring goals and holding the ball up and playing really well in the middle. Zayak, I think, owns that right-hand spot if he's fit. So, you know, it's it's really interesting to see what Christian Pulisic will will 
how we all slot in. Although you said it earlier on, there's an awful lot of games. There's an awful lot of games coming up with uh, Champions League, with you know the Christmas period coming up. So if he's fit, he'll get games. And you know it, it's going to be one of those situations which is great, which is if you get a chance and you get a shot to start, make sure you use it. Give the manager a problem. Don't come on and play averagely. Come on and play amazingly and make the manager scratch his head for the next game. Yeah, and, and that's something you mentioned him there, you know, Tammy has done uh, in the fact that I think at the beginning of the season, a lot of us were thinking, well, Tammy will be getting a few games here from the bench over the season. But he has come in and he's scored goals. He's done things that he didn't do last year. He's getting better at holding up. Of course, he's not like Giroud yet. You know, he's he's learning new facets to his game. But it's obvious that he's working at things. And I, I think that's what's important. Impressive, And I think that's what's impressive about the, the younger players who really came in and made a mark last season. And we were wondering, well, how are they going to cope this year? Rhys James has come in and after a slightly sticky start this season has really settled down to it and has become what I think is a potentially top class defender as well as his attacking abilities. He's come in and he's seen off uh, Dave. Uh, you've got you've got Mason Mount, who everyone said, well, he's going to be the one that will sit out. Well, he looks as though he's one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment. And it's certainly, you know, he'll come in and come out as as we as you're saying, because with the amount of games, people will need a rest. And then you've got Tammy, who everyone else said, mm, I'm not sure he'll get much of a look in. He's made he's done what you've said, which is give the manager a decision to make. Give the manager something that scratches head about. All three of those have really, I think, seized their chance this season so far. Yeah, they have. And and, and it's great to see. I mean, on Rhys James, I think Rhys James has got a shout for player of the season at the moment. In the last five games, he's been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I thought he was close to faultless in the Newcastle game. I thought he was brilliant in the previous game against Sheffield United. And I think he's just really starting to understand what he needs to do at this level defensively. We know he can go forward. We know he can bomb forward. We know he can cross. We know he can work and interact really well with Zayek or um, you know, or, or whoever plays with him out there. It's always been that slight question mark about whether he can do it defensively. And I think in the last couple of games, he's proven that he has. Now, that's not against amazing opposition. So we'll see how he does against Harry Kane and Son on Saturday and we'll see how he does in some of the you know the bigger games coming forward but signs are there that he's really starting to understand the defensive mindset needed in that team yeah I I would agree and I I think for me everything we say is tempered by the fact that we are playing probably the most informed team of the season at this moment in time at the weekend and I think we will understand potentially where we are as a team, because I agree with you, we're far from the finished article, but at least we have a plan. And next week's podcast will be interesting when we break down the, the Tottenham game, because we will see the fruition of all the work we've had in this period of, you know, what you could consider lesser games and see how we now, because when we played Liverpool, let's not forget, we weren't ready. A lot of our players weren't in the side from the new signings and we were still working on things. Now I think we've got a side that we pretty much know what it is and we know the system now. So 
this is the first test I think coming up. But uh, let's yeah, I'd see rather how... play. I'd rather play Liverpool than Spurs at the moment. I think you know Spurs. Spurs yeah. look look really solid. Look, we we know. I don't know if you watched the game yesterday, but we know that exactly what Mourinho did yesterday is what he's going to do against us. It's going to be attritional, anti-football. He's going to play a low block with uh, Harry Kane as an eight, Son playing off him, playing on the counter-attack. I would say that we are more robust at the moment defensively than Man City. Incredible though that, though that is, you know, considering where we were, you know, eight games ago. Um, and I think that we've got a lot more firepower coming down the flanks particularly, which will stretch the game more. So I, I think we're in a better position than City. So I'm confident confident about Saturday but you know you're right if we'd have played this game against Spurs uh you know two three games into the season we'd have been smashed absolutely smashed and and now we're in a situation going well it's a critical game for the title it's a critical game for the title you know even though we're only 10 games in you know it's it's you know this is this is one of those games that we have to win if we're going to be taken seriously this year so it's great to be in that position rather than thinking I hope we don't get battered uh, absolutely. We're, we're using this as a litmus test, mm. which, you know, a few weeks ago, it wouldn't have been a litmus test. This would have been one where you were thinking, oh, my God, I am really not looking forward to this. I am looking forward to it. I'm excited to see how we we show how we've developed. It, it, it's it's going to be great. But we'll talk a little bit more about Tottenham a little bit later because it, yeah. it is the tastiest game of the season so far, I think. It is. Um, I, look, I just think we need to temper some of our excitement when we look at the games that we've played you know recently you know when we've played Burnley Krasnodar uh, Wren Sheffield United and Newcastle you know these are not the toughest tests that we're going to face this season so let's not get carried away let's take the positives out of it and and say that we played really well in those games and we're starting to create an identity and uh, a swagger about our game that's great let's see if we can now do that in the real stern tests that's all i'm saying yeah exactly no but that's what i'm saying this is that's why next week's more interesting in a way to talk about because we'll see how far down mm. the road we've come against a side that has been set up in a particular way and i, I don't think you're i think you're right i don't think jose will play any different than he did against man city He'll, he'll let us have 72% of the ball or whatever. No, it'll be a filthy uh, game. It'll be a filthy game. He'll pack that midfield with, you know, big thugs like he did against City. He'll play Sissoko and uh, Hoiberg and, you know, players like that that are going to get involved. You know, he'll play Harry Kane and Son in that, you know, countering role. Uh, one good thing is that... Um, uh, God, he's gone out of my head. The defender... Um, Alderweireld. Alderweireld is, is injured, which is, I think, a really good thing for us. I don't think Lloris is the best goalkeeper in the world. He can be tested. I think we'll have chances. Um, and yeah, I just look, I just think it's going to be really interesting. But look, make no mistake, this is going to be an absolutely filthy, attritional game. And if anybody's expecting glorious passing football, it's not going to be that at all. You know, so I, I just think it's going to be, it's really interesting. And it's going to be a contrast to Newcastle, who were woeful. They were woeful. You know, they they just weren't good, you know, and I just thought that they just didn't offer anything. We should have wished that game should have been outside. If Werner had been more, you know, more deadly, which we know he can be, that would have been a 5-6-0 game. So uh, he's an interesting one, Werner, because he was kind of frustrating a lot of the game. 
and absolutely wonderful uh, other parts of the game. He's a, he's a bit of a mixed bag. Now, is that's that what you're going to be- get with him, though, Kerry? Yeah. That, that's, he's that's involved what he's gonna- all the time, isn't yeah. he? So therefore, he will make mistakes. It's what you do when you've made a mistake. He seems to just shrug it off and get on with it again and suddenly do something wonderful. He, he is one of those players. I think, I think you're right. He will frustrate at times and then he'll take your breath away. I think there's an element of truth in that. I, did, I do think that the really terrible miss in the first half where he should have just buried it, I think that played on his mind a little bit because the opportunity that he had when he rather strangely tried to pass the ball to Abraham when he should have just shot. I think that was playing on his mind, but you're right. You know, that, that the assist that he had for the Abraham's goal where he picked the ball up, that amazing change of pace that he's got, the quick, then quicker that he does, uh, that just leaves defenders for dead. I just thought that was brilliant. You know, you're right. He, he can influence games. And that's the amazing thing about Timo Werner is he will frustrate. You will look at him and go, you should have buried that. But you'll also know that he just needs half a chance and he'll score and he'll score a ton of goals for us. So I just think he's a great, great player and, you know, we just need to be patient with him and also realise the type of player that he is. He lives for goals. He lives for space. He lives for being able to, you know, to, to, to pounce on opportunities. And, you know, those opportunities sometimes are not going to be particularly, uh, you know, there's not going to be particularly plentiful in games sometimes, you know, and other times they are. So yeah. I just think you have to bear in mind the kind of player that he is. You see, I, I think he's one of those players. If it's nil-nil and he gets one of those chances, it goes in the net. He just almost strikes me as one of those players that he needs to realise the importance of the moment sometimes. And mm. that will come, you know. Uh, and you're right, he will get a lot of chances. But that one he missed. I mean, you look at his face when he's missed it. He really, really He's cross with himself Couldn't believe and can't it. believe it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I kind of like that. But Tammy does that as well. Tammy goes, I can't believe I've missed it. And you go, mm. well, you missed it quite a bit there. <laughs> you, you know, so I do think he just needs to get that ruthless edge about him. But also, he's, he's in a new team, a new environment. He's only played a dozen games or whatever. He's scoring. It'll develop. What's interesting is the way you see the front three play in the fact that it really isn't always a front three. Quite often, Ziyech drops back behind them. They sometimes just dovetail into being a front two. It's, it's very fluid. And this is part of Frank's plan, isn't it? This well, this is fluidity. what we said. We, we, yeah. we said that this is what would happen, that this wouldn't be a rigid left-wing, right-wing centre-forward situation. You know, we, we, we knew that this would happen. We just didn't know when it would happen and when, when that would, you know, when the telepathy would, would occur between the front three players. What we also haven't seen really yet and what i'm really excited about we really haven't seen Havertz in fourth gear yet we haven't seen Havertz really impacting on the games like i know he can and i think when he starts to get a run of games when he starts to orchestrate behind those players you're really going to see something and what's really exciting for me is last season or for the last two seasons we've been saying where are the goals where are the goals going to come from there's a lot of responsibility on Tammy Abraham and latterly on Christian Pulisic but now you've got Werner Abraham Havertz Zayesh you've got Mount you've got you know Zuma coming up for corners you've got goals all over the place and that's title winning that you need that to win a title you need goals all over the place you haven't just got a reliance on one player which is what we've had over you know over, over far too long either on Giroud or, or Abraham you know we haven't had we've missed those Lampard goals those 20 goals from midfield now we've got a bunch of midfield players who can score goals 
Even Kovacic got a couple of goals in midweek for his country. Yeah, but he reverted to tight with us. But, um, you know, he he comes in and does a job. He he works in that midfield very well, I think, where he he's played now. It's different. The double pivot's really gone at the moment. Mm. Um, I'm sure it'll appear occasionally. But on the whole, for me, the midfield, this is the Kante that you never sell. If you know what I mean. Playing Hang on, when you the one that wanted to sell him? Yeah, when he was playing not in that position, yes. I said that at the time. You know, it, what's the point of having Kante if he's not in the place where he's playing now? Where he is now is so where not he should always any, be. Any, you're not taking any step back from your statement? No, not at all. Of course you, you have to, though, Kerry, because you basically said sell him. You yeah, know. I did, but that's but what, because we were playing him And you sold him, him and somebody forward. said, oh, I would, I would have played him further back, you know. Well, you know, but it didn't look as though it was ever going to happen. And now it seems that we have dropped him back to that position. I think sometimes you've got to hold your hands up and go, I might have been a bit hasty there. No, I I think if we weren't going to play him in the right position, I would have sold him. There's no point. You see why he would never sell him now. If you play him in this position, he's the best at it in the Premier League, if perhaps not the world. He is fantastic. So... You know, yeah. I'm I thought he had a shot. I think, I think he had a shot for man of the match. I think that he, him, and him and Reese James were very, very close for man of the match for me. I know that a lot of people gave it to Tammy, but I just thought those two were were astonishing. Again, Kante quietly brilliant in in what he did, just fantastic. But I think Reese James for his overall performance for me. Um, well, we texted each other at the same time with the same message. I yeah. I, I agree with you. I thought Reese James was fabulous. Mm. Yeah, it really was, and, and and you know that's testament to the guy because I never had doubts about him. I always thought that he was, you know, he he was potentially going to be brilliant. I don't think he was defensively strong enough, and he needed to learn. It was frustrating, but it's so great to see him developing those sides of his games. But again, you know, let's see him play against really good opposition. Yeah, and and how often the one thing I'd also say about Reese James um, is how hard is he? I mean, he goes up for headers with people, and the other person invariably has ended up winded on the floor. I mean, he's nails, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's a tank. He's an absolute tank. Well, I'm really seems- interested to see to see him up against Harry Kane and Son. I, I mean, they are two class, class, informed players who know how to run at defenders, who know how to, you know, create space. I, I want to see what he's learned against those two players. If he picks either of those players up and puts them in his pocket, then I'm just going to bow down in front of him. I mean, whether he does that or not, I don't know. But, you know, if, if he does a job against those two on Saturday, then I think we've got we've got something really, really exciting to talk about next week. Yeah, I'd rather he did it on Sunday, though, when we play him. Oh, was it Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm with you. And it was interesting as well. I, I was listening to uh, Ziyech talking um, uh, after the match at the weekend, and they were talking about his relationship with Rhys James. And he said, well, we spend quite a lot of time um, off the off the pitch together, talking about football, spending time with each other. So there's obviously a friendship and a relationship, a football relationship that's developing there. And it, it just shows you, you start to get to know somebody, you start to get to know their game, everything. And those two, 
they really do work well together already, don't they? I mean, God knows what they'll be like after they've been playing together for a year. Yeah, it's great to see. I mean, that's the thing, you know, with great teams, there's partnerships all over the pitch and you're already seeing really interesting partnerships developing between Werner and Abraham, between Zuma and Silva, between Mendy and the back four. I mean, it's great. You can start to see all those interconnecting dots all over the pitch and that's the sign of a really solid, intimidating team. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, I mean, we we did create a lot of chances. You have to say their keeper made two out of this world saves. I, I actually think the Tammy Abraham save was better than, than they suggested. I mean, it was a reflex save, but it, it was a... It was a hell of a save. And, mm. and the, the other one as well from Timo Werner. Mm. They were both good saves. Now, we could have been three up within 15 minutes. Well, that's what I'm saying. If those, if Werner had taken his chances and, and, and the goalkeeper hadn't been uh, you know, on his game, this could have been a 5-0, 6-0 game. It could have been a real statement. And then we sort of wobbled a little bit at the end of the first half where we sort of sat back and lost our shape and lost our concentration a little bit. And that, that's what concerns me because that's fine against Newcastle who were you know, a, a, you know, an inferior team on the day. You can't do that against a top team. They will absolutely kill you. Suddenly they're back in the game and you're on the back foot and having to start all over again. So that's what concerns me a little bit about the development of this team is just concentrate for two halves of 45 minutes each or Uh, more. Yeah, and and also that pass from Tammy Abraham, Mm. if that goes to Son or one of those, it's game over in that Well, that's why I didn't get man of the match for me. You know, yeah. because that was a dreadful error. And, and yes, all right, all, all players make errors. But that, that was a fundamental error. You can't give a player man of the match for that. You know, and that was just a, 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 an inexcusable lack of concentration. Um, so and I know that's harsh. But if you're looking at man of the matches, you have to look at consistent performances over 90 minutes. Yeah. The, the other person I thought, thought had a, a great game as well, um, Ben Chilwell, in the fact that you remember we, we, we'd heard from him the week before about how they've been working on getting him to pressure at the back post. Mm. Well, that, that was a classic example of the own goal um, happening because of Chilwell pressuring the, the defender there, yep. making him make a mistake. It was absolutely brilliant. And I like the fact that he was just going, no, it's not my goal straight away for the celebrations. And we, we've had players in the past and we've seen players in the past who'll celebrate an own goal trying to blag it. But No, I mean, these <laughs> days they know there's so many yeah. cameras, they're never going to get away with it. So I think you'd, you'd be crazy to celebrate a goal that isn't yours. Yeah, but but it does show that that man at the back post just does something, doesn't it? Every time, you know, that, that he's been now found at the back post in every game, in every situation, and he causes problems for people. Mm. Uh, and, and I mean, teams, be... teams will catch on to that. They, they, will develop, they will develop strategies against that, you know, and they'll, they'll overload back there. But that will create opportunities and openings in other places you know so we just need to be thinking ahead of you know okay if a team does that what do we do to you know to to plug that gap that they left so I think that it's yeah it's really exciting he had a good game I mean he's the great thing about Ben Shilwell is he's a bit like Kante you know you're going to get a certain level of performance out of him every week that he's not going to dip below a certain level you know you might get seven out of ten performances but that's fine you know and occasionally you'll get eight nine ten ten out of ten performances but you're not going to get a lot of threes and fours out of him you know, he's going to be really consistent. And you need that, I think, in those key roles down the flanks. And that's why I think James is exciting at the moment, because he's developing that consistency as well. You look at Robertson and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and their consistency. 
You know, that that's a key part of Liverpool's success. Um, and I think both of those are better defensively than either of those players. Yeah, it's like a a bad game for them is like a consistent game for someone else, if you know what I mean. It's it's that level. You're right. There's always a starting point that they don't dip below. And uh, yeah, I think think that's true. And I think Rhys James is starting to get into that area again. I would agree with you. I would urge caution and temper the conversation because we could be having a very different conversation next week. We we we're allowed to be excited about about a run of games that's you know that's that's looked the real deal. You know, I don't. I mean, it's eight out of ten clean sheets and and you know a bunch of you know unbeaten games. I mean, it's it's, it's worth getting excited about that. It's a, it's green shoots after a very fallow period of not really enjoying watching us play. If I'm if I'm honest, because there were just too many mistakes and errors and tactical you know mess ups you know throughout the performances and it just was not a pleasant experience watching watching the team and you know a lot of the time we were watching it out of loyalty and watching it out of you know the fact that that we kind of have to do that as fans but it's just great to be to be able to to, you know to to be able to watch the team play this type of football it's just an absolute tragedy that we can't be there to see it yeah, I agree, because God knows what be. I, I, I have no idea how excitable I would be in the ground watching this team develop in front of your eyes, because there's so much you can't get from television. You know, I, I know you do it. Sometimes you watch other players, what they're doing off the ball and how they're, they're moving around, and you are dictated to by what you can and can't see by by the the, the TV editors and and uh, directors. So it imagine is imagine winning the title, you know. And and <laughs> I'm not saying that we're going to. You know, I'm confident that we've got a shot this season. Um, at the moment, ten games in for what that's worth. Um, but but imagine going through the whole season with a bunch of exciting new players and not having seen them once. I mean that's just a, it's a tragedy. It's an yeah, absolute it tragedy, you know. And so so I'm I'm missing it. I'm missing it really badly. I was kind of okay with it, and now I'm thinking I really, re- especially when the you know when it starts to get colder, you know, and the weather starts to feel like Premier League weather, and I'm just you know I'm just thinking I want to be at the bridge watching the boys, and it's you know it's tough. It's hard. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's that's the dreadful thing about this moment in time, you know, that, yeah, you just want to be there. And can you imagine how excited you'd be for the rest of this week, knowing you've got Tottenham at home on Sunday? You know, it's yeah. it's one of those things where you just want time to, to speed up and it goes slower the closer you get to the game. So, mm. you know, we, we we just have to deal with it and we have to watch this this sort of unfurling of this team and the way we play via tv but it's better than nothing we it's better are than playing nothing. yeah it's better yeah. than nothing you know i, I can I'm, i can get strangely absorbed in the games i didn't think i'd be able to i thought it'd be a weird a weird sort of slightly removed experience but i am getting completely absorbed in the performances because it's Chelsea. I mean, not not with the other games. The other games I can drift in and out of. Although there were some great games this weekend, I have to say. But um, but you know, Chelsea, I can still focus in on. So you know, it still it still has that pull and that 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 um, you know that bond. Yeah, I, and I'd agree with you. I, I'm far more selective now over what I watch. In the old days, I, d- I don't know. I could quite happily sit down and watch all sorts of games. But I don't know now. Chelsea, that's it. I think, oh, I will watch this or I will watch that. And then I find I 
can go off and do something. Else. I don't know. Tottenham Man City was probably the most interesting game for me this weekend, just because if we we've got Tottenham at the weekend. So, oh, Fulham, Ever- Fulham Everton was great. Yeah, uh, I missed that. I was, yeah, I was you see, I mean, like, I, I mean, I'll still I'll still watch all the games, you know, and yeah. occasionally you'll get a game, you know. A, a, you know, one of the bigger teams will go three 0 up, and you think, oh, "I can't be bothered," you know. But you know, occasionally there, you know, you'll, you'll watch a team like Fulham Everton, which, which on paper is really unpromising, it was actually a really good game, you know. But you know, in terms of actually getting absorbed in the game, I think it's only really Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm with you on that. Well, at least we've got quite a few games coming up. Right. Well, look, we should go to the break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the week ahead. See you in a sec. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back. Right, Andy. So, before the, the wonder of the Tottenham game... We've got uh, Champions League back um, this week. Ren away. We're now on the reverse cycle of games. Um, now that that's a game you probably would have gone to, isn't it? In in the old days, I would have hoped so. Yeah, it's not that difficult a journey. I think it would have been a you know really nice you know really nice game to go to. It's funny actually today. You know you get these reminders of on this day reminders. You know on this day, I think it was four years ago, three years ago. I was in Baku watching us play Carabag uh, in the Champions League. Um, so, you know, you do it does take you back to, God, I would have been having all these adventures in the Champions League. Um, and you can't do it. So, yeah, I probably would have gone. Yeah. No, well, it's one of those games, isn't it? You go, oh, never been there. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's like all those sort of places you find yourself. Bordeaux, I love going to Bordeaux. You, you just... It is interesting when you start looking back at things you've done, things you've you've you took for granted. You know, the hardest thing was just working out your travel or where you're going to stay or if you're going to stay. Or in your case, so often with those things, you're you're leaving about forty minutes after the the whistle and getting back on a plane. Um, yeah, well, and, I have a job like unlike you that I've got to get back to and do. I'm doing these kind of. Well, I think no, I'll, spend, just I think I'll just spend seats. a week in Milan. You know. <laughs> Well, I tell you, it's a rather fine place sure to spend is. a week. Sure it is. <laughs> but, you know, you've, you've had a, a few, uh, you know, um, glamorous away days. You haven't just always turned around because of work. <laughs> well, funny enough, that Baku one that I was talking about when we went over to watch Carabao, that was a kind of stay overnight but get up in the morning and come back. I mean, that's a five-hour each-way plane ride, you know. that's kind of Some of those ones are brutal, you know. Um 
yeah, but other times it's, you know, you know, I went to, when I went last year, I went to Lille last year. That's easy. That's like, you know, that's you get on at King's Cross, go straight to Lille, and then you, you're in the ground, and then you get back on the Eurostar and come back. I mean, those ones are simple. So, and, and other ones are, you know, a real pain. But, you know, it's all part of the adventure, isn't it? So Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, the, the journey is as good as the arrival. It absolutely is. It's all about, yeah. you know, what well, not all about, but it's, you know, a lot to do with it is the journey. Yeah, it is totally, you know. So, so yeah, Ren, um, this might be a tougher proposition than the home game, do you not think? I think so. And I think the really interesting thing about this game is what the team's going to be and who he rests for the weekend <laughs> uh, and if, if he rests people for the weekend. Um, because we have a squad now that probably could cope. Um, I think probably do have to give Timo Werner a rest. You probably do have to give Chilwell a rest. There's an argument to give uh, Zayesh a rest. Um, Tammy probably doesn't need a rest. You know, there's 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 arguments for saying you've had an international break, you've had a Premier League game, you've got a really big game coming up at the weekend. Do you really need to go abroad and play in Wren? Um, so, you know, it's nice to look at the squad and think, well, you could bring Callum Hudson-Odoi in or you could bring Pulisic in if he's fit. You could bring Havertz back in and give him some game time. You know, so so it is interesting. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what team he puts out. Yeah, I agree. I, I would have thought the one that is almost a, a stick-on that won't go, Thiago Silva. Do you think we'll rest him for Tottenham? Because otherwise... <sighs> It's, that's the hardest balancing act, isn't it? At what point do you need to give him a game to get him warmed up for Tottenham? Or do you go, you know what, sit this out and be fully prepared for Tottenham? I, I suppose it's down to the, the player as well, how he wants to be. Otherwise, suddenly he's not played for 10 days. And does that become a problem or is that actually great? Well, that- look, it's, it's Tuesday, right? He didn't play at the weekend. Um, it's an early kickoff. It gives you... Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday gives you almost five days before the next game. I think you'll probably play him. Okay. Um, I think if it was a Wednesday night game and he played at the weekend, I think he he probably wouldn't. But he didn't play at the weekend. He was rested after his return from Brazil. Why not? You know, I think that's a big enough space to play him. Yeah, and and also it's it's one of those games you you've got to be careful how many people you rest because no matter what happens you don't want to lose a game because that spreads something through the team it, you certainly it don't want to lose this down. game this no, game's a really exactly. important game you win this game you're through basically yeah exactly so so you know that's what i'm saying it's really interesting what he does he might just go shit or bust he might just say i'm just gonna play everybody and win it um because it's the champions league and we need to we need to qualify for the um for the knockout stages yeah so uh he, he might do that and just say you know we'll, we'll we'll think about what happens after the tottenham game you know we'll see what we do with leeds but it's um you know it's gonna be uh it's gonna be really interesting i think to see how he manages it because you know we do have players that could come in i mean cho could come in for Zayage, you know Pulisic could come in for Werner if he's fit. Havertz could come in for you know for one of the midfield players. So it's it's um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. I I think we'll we'll see. I I'm very much of the opinion where you're saying he'll probably go to win this. So he will put out a pretty damn decent side. But by the nature of the squad, if they're fit, absolutely a hundred percent, he can say to Timo Werner. I'm going to give you a little bit of a break here. 
You know, he's he has played all the games and he did try and rest him the other week, didn't he? But then he had to come into the side. So yeah. he's obviously been thinking about giving him a rest. So well, I mean, all those players could sit on the bench as well. You know, yeah, you, could, exactly. you could get to, you know, 60, 70 minutes and be a goal down or two goals down and bring on the firepower if you need to. You know, I mean, there's no reason necessarily to start all those players. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, Ren aren't, aren't all that. You know, they're not all that. They're not. They're not Bayern Munich. You know, they're not Barcelona. It's not like we have to, you know, really put out our A game to, to beat them. But yes, I mean, he's going to want to win. So again, I, I I can't call it. I don't know what his mindset is on it. Yeah, no, I I actually think they're a slightly better side than than perhaps we give them credit for. But they're not a yeah, pub team. They're not. They're not Krasnodar. No, they're not. You know, they're, no, they're, they're, the, not. they're the best team in the group, and we need to take them seriously. What I'm saying is, they're not an elite team. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I think we need our wits about us, and then we can get the result. I think go there with complacency, you'll lose. But I I just don't see that happening at the moment in the way this this team of ours is shaping up and the way Frank's got them out there. I just don't see that he'll send them out with the wrong attitude. So hopefully it should be okay. And I agree with you. I think is it is there a case of Giroud playing instead of Tammy? Yeah. Or you know that, yeah, especially since he's been making noises this week as well about not getting game time and having to have some thoughts in January. And it's France, and you know there's there's a lot of reasons why you, why you would play him. Um, you know, Tammy's had a decent run. Tammy knows that he's he's pretty nailed on to play against Spurs. I would have thought, unless unless and you know, unless he plays Werner down the middle because it'll be a counter counter attacking you know sort of game, won't it? On uh, on against Spurs, and maybe. He, Maybe he plays Werner for his pace down the middle, you know. So it, there's all sorts of you know bits of the jigsaw puzzle to you know to to, to fill in there. So maybe he plays Abraham uh, on Tuesday and plays Werner on Sunday. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, could go, you, could go a lot of different directions. Exactly. You, you, you know, um, I, I, it always makes me smile when managers say, "Well, I'm just thinking about the game coming up." I don't believe that's the same with every week. I think in a week like this, you're thinking about the game coming up, but you also are thinking about the Tottenham game as well. And you are trying to, it is a a sort of a a two-part week. Sometimes Mm. you get games in midweek and it has no real bearing on the weekend's game. But I do think he will manage this in whatever way he wants to. So, yeah, I think it'd be fascinating to see the side... He he picks against Ren. Yeah. So I mean, you know. the ch- chances are that you know Jose's going to sit deep, isn't he, and, and park the bus and do all that sort of stuff. So you probably would want to play Abraham in that game. But uh, you know, who knows? If, what I'm saying is there are lots and lots of variables, and this is where Frank Lampard earns his significant wage packet by figuring that out and how to how to move the pieces around so that we get the best out of the teams that we uh, squad that we've got available. Okay, so, you know, what's your prediction for the Ren game? Let's have a prediction out of you for that, then. I think we'll win that comfortably. I'm going to say 2-0. Okay, I was going to say 2-0. I'm going to go 3-0. We'll say 2-0, then. No, I'm not going to. I'm not having... So you're actually lying, then? Yeah, I'm lying. Although, no, we've just scored one in extra time, as far as I can see. (laughs) So it's it's (laughs) 3-0. 3-0 for us. Right, okay, I mean, we've kind of pretty much covered Spurs for most of the programme. But with Spurs at the weekend, um, this is it. This is, the, this is the moment to show everyone where we've got to so far, isn't it? And, mm. and it's probably the same for Spurs as well. You know, they've just done this against City, but they've now got to back it up and come to Chelsea, which is 
uh, always a difficult place for them to come to. It's uh, a, a testy relationship we have with them. Um, Jose has not yet beaten Frank as a manager, so there's so many little interesting matchups through this whole thing. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be tough, isn't it, to 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 work out what's going on until they're out there on the pitch. I think you're right. I think. Tottenham will let us come on to us, and I think that's probably why we won't play Werner down the middle. Yeah, because there won't be any counter attacking because they will just say have yeah. the ball. Mm. I think. Yeah, I think they will. I, I think again they'll play Harry Kane as an eight, you know, and and he will be working in tandem with Son to counter attack, which he does very very well. So it's you know it was fascinating to watch them in the City game you know how he's adapted his play to do that so we've got to be aware of that I look I think that I went to see, I went to White Hart Lane you know Christmas last year and we were full of dread thinking that we might get smashed we weren't in a particularly good run of form Frank switched it up played three at the back and we ended up winning that game comfortably and it was probably our best performance of the season you know so we are capable of springing that kind of surprise um, I just think we've got so much firepower We've got such an ability to, to score goals. We've got brilliant attacking down the flanks. And I think if our defence is on its game, we're, we're solid. So, look, I'm confident. I'm, I'm genuinely confident. I think, I think we'll sneak it 1-0. Do you think also that we are now developed as far as the idea of the team and the way we play, that perhaps we don't need any shenanigans from Frank about changing the side? You know, we've seen false nines, we've seen changes in midfield. Do you think he's possibly now comfortable with the way we play and go, you know what, we're not going to change our game. You're going to have to adapt to us and you're going to have to deal with the way we play. I think he's always wanted to play 4-3-3. I think he naturally wants to play that that formation. That's 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 what he sees when he sees... A formation on a football pitch. I just don't think he necessarily has had the players that he totally trusts, and I think now he does. Now he has the you know the trust in that four at the back and Mendy that he can then play the two banks of three moving forward. I, I just think it'll be that. I don't think he'll mess it and mess with no. it at the weekend. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's that's what we've been waiting for. Is now we have the plan. Um, so yeah, let's let's see how far it goes. So yes, and. Um, for them, anyone else that you worry about? Because I mean, what was interesting about Harry Kane playing where he did against Man City, here is a striker who gets the Man of the Match award and he never had a single shot on goal. Yeah, he but he was brilliant. He was. Totally brilliant. Um, but they lose something by not having him in the box. Mm. And I think that that's quite an interesting thing because... You know, he's he's almost he was almost playing like a I don't know a Teddy Sheringham in a kind of a way. He was he was linking things. He, I mean, yeah, he was fantastic. Um, I just I mean, I look if... at that midfield and I look at Ndombélé and I look at Sissoko and I look at Hoiberg and I and I think well, that's just and Bergwijn, Bergwijn who's a little bit more attacking. Um, but you know, those three Sissoko, Hoiberg, and, and Ndombélé. I mean, they're all just muscle aren't they which i know is you know which which works really well for Mourinho. Mourinho likes that in a team you know we had that didn't we with balak and essie and lampard you know it was muscle wasn't it and you know and 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 makalele um bergwine he's okay i think he's not a desperate threat harry kane and son are terrifying um you know at the back i don't think regulon is that good i think that you know um you know up up against him 
someone like you know Reese James can can really and Zayesh can have you know real fun against Regulong. You know we've already talked about Alda Virel being out, so that's Eric Dyer and one other. I mean that's not fantastic. Although I thought Dyer played okay. Um, Aurier's terrible, and I think that you could skin him down the down the wings. Loris, you know he's going to drop them six points a season by doing something stupid. So I, I just I, look. I, I know I'm you know sort of bigging myself up here, and and you know they look good as a unit. He's got them playing well strategically. I don't think City played that well. I don't think we can judge you know anything by the way City played. I thought they were disappointed, and I think if we're on our A game, if we can exploit those wide areas, if we can take our chances in the middle, and we can just be solid at the back i don't you know why shouldn't we win that game yeah no look you've sold it into me i'm i'm with you and you're a man who's put 20 quid on us to win the title so 130 you know, pound return that is that's not bad that's not bad well i'm just debating should i put money on before the game or after the odds <laughs> will change though after that's for sure if we yeah. win um but yeah I, I i think it's set up for a for a for a classic ugly game of football if you know what i mean yeah it's um, going to be it's going to be really ugly i don't let, let's not let's not you know kid ourselves that that's that's what you know that's what jose Mourinho does we we know we know jose better than anybody listen if you just said to me that you know after nine games we'd be third in the table two off the top you know sitting pretty with five wins three draws and one loss i'd have bitten your arm off for that yeah, absolutely. And when you consider that half of those games, at least, were played without the players that we wanted in the side, yeah, um, you know, then th- this is evolution. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I still don't think we'll know exactly where we are till next year, but I do get the feeling this is the season where quite a few teams will have a chance of winning the title. Yeah. I don't think Liverpool are right yet. They will be there and thereabouts, of course. I certainly don't think Man City are right at the moment. Man U, I don't even understand what that team is at the moment. Mm. And, you know, Tottenham are probably the most informed uh, uh, apart from us at this moment in time. So, Look, one injury to Harry Kane, you know, yeah. one injury to Son, and that sets them right back. You know, Spurs, Spurs will Spurs it up. They always do. They always do. I mean, that's that, you know, there's, there's three things that are, you know, that are certain in life, isn't it? Death taxes and Spurs, Spursing things up. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't worry about that. You know, Liverpool, you know, Liverpool, Liverpool, you know, they've got that winning mentality. They've got that fear factor over teams. You've got to take them seriously. Leicester, I don't think, necessarily are going to stay the course this season. Southampton have started well, but again, I don't think they'll stay the course, particularly now Danny Ings is injured. Um, Man United have got a lot of ground to make up, and they just look like they're going to win some and lose some. Arsenal are dead, I think, you know, but you can't write them off completely, but they just don't look they don't look, look anything like like a title-winning team. And the reason I put money on it was not because I think that Chelsea are a dead cert to win the league, but I just think it's an opportunity for another team to win the league, and we're in the mix, so why not? Yeah, absolutely. And how much would you enjoy a Chelsea-Tottenham fight for the title through the season and we win it? Would that be the ultimate? Well, I'd enjoy winning it. I'm not sure I'd enjoy the fight for the title. I mean, do you know what I mean? I don't think that's an enjoyable process, isn't it? Thinking no. that Tottenham could pip us to the title. That would be a nightmare. It would be horrific. But, but that's <laughs> I'd quite like saying. them to fall away about February. Just, a, you know, three or four losses on the trot. And just yeah. let them quietly fall away and finish up fourth or something while we battle it out with Liverpool. That would be great. Uh, OK, well, that's, that's it. We are dreaming again. I like it. We are being... 
people who are able to dream again. And yeah. that's, well, that's it, isn't want. it? That's, that's yeah. a nice thing to do, to be able to say, wouldn't it be nice if... Because last season we were like, wouldn't it be nice if we finished fourth? Yeah. You know, and I think we, you know, it would be nice if we finished fourth this year, but it would be even better if we finished top. Yeah, exactly. We have that ability to dream. All right, well, g- let's have your prediction before we go. What are your, what are your thoughts for, for the game then? For Tottenham, I think we're going to scrape it 1-0. 1-0. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am going to go... I'm going to go for 2-1. Oh, okay. I think we're going to concede a goal. Um, Heresy, be scrappy, be, be yeah, I know. No, well, you know, it's it's these things have to disappear uh, every now and then. Uh, I just think that we've got enough about us, and hopefully, we're going to find out exactly where we are, and that we are actually one step further forward. Come next week, well, we see. will see. All right, Andy, fantastic. We're out of time. Um, I'm looking forward to catching up with you next week. And let's hope we are still dreaming about wonderful things next week. Um, how can everyone get in touch with us if they would like to? Uh, on social media, you can follow us on Twitter, which is at Chelsea Podcast, or you can follow me on at Mr. A Saunders, or you can follow Kerry on at Kerry Levy, which is C E R I L E V Y. On Instagram, it's at the Chelsea Podcast, or at One True Saunders, or at Kerry Levy One. Fantastic. Well, that's it. All right, mate. Well, look, have a great week, and uh, looking forward to catching up with you next week. Take it easy, everyone out there, and let's go for it. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 